Hey Nathan, Nick here. Remember I sent the pitch about our CEO from Coach.me for the podcast and had to tune in on this. My initial gut reaction is to sell it and take that opportunity to get the, all the freedom in the world. You'll always have that. You can from then create whatever you want. And as long as you can make it a great deal for the team and make sure everybody transitions well, of course, because you'll never get that opportunity again. But then again, I'm not running a company. I have never had that option before. And I guess the question to ask yourself is, do I want to help people run giveaways, etc., on Facebook for the rest of my life or at least another, I don't know, five years? And um, yeah, think about if that's what you want to do. And I think then you'll have your answer. All right, guys, I told you last week, something very exciting happened. I got an email and the email was one of our big competitors emailing me to acquire Heyo. And the big question was, would we take the deal or not? Last Monday, I took you guys in. I said I was going to be fully transparent with the team. You heard from Chris and Christina and their thoughts on the deal. One of Chris's main concerns was that this might not be a serious offer, that they might just be digging for information. You see, I tend to get excited about things pretty easily, and also I get down on things pretty easily, and then obviously recover. And Chris was worried that I was overreacting to this email, and it might not actually be a real offer. Well, Ken Armejo called in like I asked you guys to. He's from New Mexico, and he agreed with Chris. Hey, Nathan. This is Ken Armijo in Bosque, New Mexico. Uh, I just listened to your podcast. Uh, I'm an older businessman, and I would say that wait till they show you a contract, because right now they might just be fishing and you know dangling a carrot in front of you, and it would be harder for you to tell your team, "Oh, the deal fell through." Sorry, I shouldn't. I should have waited. Well, Chris, Ken has a good point, but the problem is I've already told the team that's really part of the risk of being transparent. If this whole deal does fall through, I'll have to lead through a big emotional letdown that the whole team will have. Now, look, I don't want to do that. I tend to be a pretty non-emotional kind of guy and I move on fast. You can just ask my exes. But look, I don't know if the whole team is like that as well. In fact, they're probably not. So I've got to get to an LOI or a letter of intent and then see if I can create a bidding war between all the folks or the companies that put in the letter of intent to potentially buy Heyo. So again, we've got a bunch of folks calling in and many of them are agreeing. Here's another member from the top tribe and their thoughts. Hey, Nathan, I just listened to your podcast about a potential offer to sell Heyo and thought it was super interesting. Very cool that you're sharing all this information uh, with listeners and also very cool that you're sharing it uh, with the team. I think that'll help you make a much better decision. Uh, My opinion, since you asked the listeners uh, what you should do, is you run the course you're on, which is uh, get all your numbers in hand. Uh, if it's a serious offer, you take the strategy of getting four or five counter offers from additional competitors, um, and you run that through. And if you get to a final number that makes sense, 
to exit, I would encourage you to do so. Well, guys, it turns out many of you guys, so many of you called in after last show by going to nathanlacka.com forward slash talk. And uh, many of you agreed. Here's another one. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't do anything until I sat down and talked to the owner that uh, wanted to buy your business and tell him, show me the money. Show me the contract before you do anything else. That's my opinion anyway. So take it for what it's worth. And good luck. So look, I really need to create options to get a bidding war going. That's how you maximize value of a company when you're trying to sell it. So I had to get these CEOs on the phone and really dissect why they were interested in buying Heyo so I could figure out what levers to use to get folks to potentially pay way, way more. So this is one of those CEOs. His name is Jim Risner from Vodigo, one of Heyo's main competitors in the SMB space or the small business space. So walk us, walk me through actually getting the LOI. So we exchanged emails, obviously, and that's kind of where it started. Um, and, and, you know, we grabbed a coffee. What's the, how do you think of like, what is an LOI for this listeners? And, and why is that important in a deal like this? Yeah, so uh, uh, LOI is a letter of intent, and it's basically, you know, instead of just you and I sitting over coffee and saying, "Hey, we want to, we want to do a deal," uh, it's just putting it in writing, and it's, uh, um, you know, putting in, uh, in general terms, you know, what we're thinking in terms of the value, um, what it's, you know, what what is worth us, how the deal would be structured, uh, you know, timing, things like that. So Jim and I chatted and we now have a redlined letter of intent from Jim. Now that I've got one LOI in hand, okay, and along with, again, one other, I bought time and I needed to email other CEOs in our space just to see if there was other interest out there. In the end, many, many big companies were interested in buying Heyo, but I got four of them to actually submit a written redlined letter of intent. And basically what I told them was, look, guys, by this day and this time, I need your best offer and we're going to pick one to sign to potentially move forward with and potentially sell Heyo. Now, these four LOIs guys, they, they definitely were not created equal. You know why? Can you guess? Many of you listening who are venture capitalists that have billions of dollars and those of you listening who are VCs or already successful startup CEOs who have sold, you know what I'm about to say. These LOIs were not created equal. Many of them or some of them were just cash. Some of them were cash and earnout, which means you know we get money over a period of time if we hit certain metrics, which I really don't like because I have no control over the business if we sell it. I don't want to deal with an earnout. And then some of them were cash, earnout, and stock in the case of a you know publicly traded company interested in the business. So look, I wanted to spend some time bidding up these LOIs against each other. So I needed to understand, again, what Vodigo was hoping to get out of this deal, along with all the other CEOs that bid. Here's what Jim said when I asked him just that. Help us understand, like, why, why are you, you know, from your perspective, tell us what Vodigo does, and then maybe tell us a bit about why you're interested in Heyo. Sure. Yeah. So Vodigo is a, a social marketing and promotions platform. We've been around for a little over nine years. Um, kind of focused uh, primarily on enterprises and large brands and agencies um, that will you know, license our platform, uh, whether it's uh, an enterprise self-service platform or um, use us for uh, you know, custom development, professional services, things like that. 
And, uh, you know, we see this as an opportunity to really expand into the SMB market. Um, we, we've been thinking about it. Timing is, is perfect. Uh, so, you know, we're, uh, we're excited about the opportunity and, uh, you know, we think it's going to be, a, you know, it's a good complement to what we do. Um, not really much overlap uh, and, uh, and just seems like a really good fit. So you, you mentioned some of the work you're doing. I mean, do you see in terms of like competition wise for Vodigo, it's basically other folks that are building custom enterprise apps. Is that right? I mean, we compete against, um, you know, I mean, obviously we compete against Heyo to some degree uh, with the, this um, smaller clients um, and there's other competitors out there, you know, like Heyo. And then there's the other on the flip side, it's, it's more of a, you know, kind of the bigger social marketing uh, platforms that um, that companies license, as well as uh, us going ahead against um, you know large promotion agencies. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned timing as being something critical. You said the timing is perfect right now. You know, wh why why is the timing perfect? How do you think about that as a the CEO who's potentially acquiring a company? Yeah, well, I mean, so we've actually been um, you know kind of been thinking about entering the space for a while and um and just just recently kind of you know really you know made the decision and you know from a strategic standpoint to kind of open the floodgates if you will uh to the smb market and and offer some you know lower cost solutions and and just really try to you know kind of expand um or kind of you know enlarge the funnel if you will uh so you know you guys have hey already created you know a great customer base um, you know, it's hundred percent self-service subscription, a great brand. Uh, so it'd be a real, uh, kind of a kickstart, uh, and a head start for us. All right, guys, big sigh. Now we've really got to make a decision. Which LOI would I sign? Did we really truly want to sell? Well, so many of you called in. Here's Bethany London with some great advice. Hi, Nathan. Bethany London here, personal development and business coach in Los Angeles. I wanted to first off say congratulations on getting an offer for your exit. That's super amazing. And speak into the fact that you sourced exactly what you wanted by the age of 30 and how so many people, we have the opportunities to accomplish our goals all the time, especially looking at New Year's resolutions. I was doing this last week for myself and how I had opportunities to accomplish everything that I was after, but it didn't look or feel. The experience wasn't the same that I expected it to be. So is Bethany right? Maybe I should take this deal. I've remembered back to the days at Virginia Tech when I dreamt of selling my first business before 30 years old. Not many people can say they've done that. Less than 0.1% of 30-year-olds have sold a business. And what was funny about this dream was that almost in the same minute, Stuart Meese from my school, Virginia Tech, called in. He's with the Pamplin School of Business at, at Virginia Tech. And he called in with a perspective I really hadn't thought of. Had I personally outgrown Hayo? Hey, Nat, Nathan, this is Stuart Meese from Pamplin. Hope you're doing okay. Just listened to your most recent podcast on whether or not to sell. It was interesting that you said in the podcast that you had a lot of personal goals of starting multiple businesses. And the one thought is, perhaps you've outgrown the company that you've started. 
perhaps um, you answered your own question when you made that comment as to whether or not uh, now's the time to sell it. I really applaud you for thinking about other people in this uh, situation and how it will affect those lives of the some of the most loyal people that have been a part of your life in the past four or five years. Additionally, there may be an opportunity of one of your employees that may have some interest in um, acquiring it. Maybe there's a uh, employee group that may would like to uh, have ownership of it, and then you could go off and do your your next thing. Um, really proud uh, to know you uh, for all that you have done in such a short period of time. You're quite impressive. I know we haven't spoken. Uh, in recent months, even years, uh, but keep doing a great job, um, and uh, we'll be listening. Whoa, big thought, isn't it? So, is Stuart right? Have I actually outgrown the company I started? Well, look, he might be right, and here's the big question. I've got the LOI in front of me. Should I sign on this second page that I'm looking at right now? Guys, literally, as I'm talking to you right now, I don't know if you can hear it. My, I'm gonna put my, I'm gonna put my the mic to my chest. Can you hear my heart? I don't know if that picks up, but it is. It's beating, and I'm sitting here looking at this deal as I talk to you. My black bald point Uniben is is to the left right now of my 13 inch MacBook as I sit here in this chair, and I swear that pen is almost pulsing, as if it's asking me to grab it and sign this deal. I signed. We are selling Heyo. But first, guys, we've got to get through something that many mentors have advised me to be weary of called due diligence. Now that I've signed this LOI, I need to send it back, okay, to the company that I signed it with. And you'll learn who I decided to sign with in a second. But everyone tells me that most deals, even when they get past the LOI, they fall apart. So I started asking myself, would we actually see cash deposited like in our bank as we sign the final docs to potentially sell Heyo? Is there a moment when I literally refresh BB&T and all of a sudden there's a bunch of digits in there that I never had seen before? Would we have that moment? Would we actually make it to the finish line? Many of you might be wondering who is the actual buyer that we're moving forward with and what will happen to our customers? Well, you remember Christina in the last episode, when I told you how we got the first offer, you know, her main concern when I had her on was what would happen to the customers? How would they be treated if the deal closed? And I was concerned about this as well. So would the deal close? How will our customers be treated? What's next? Tune in next Monday to find out what happens. And Top Tribe, if you've got advice for me to think about, regarding due diligence or how to sell or what should happen to customers, call in and let me know at nathanlacka.com forward slash talk.